0: Hi, I'm J.D. from When the Lights Go Out magazine, and I'm joined today by my special co-host. Samuel Locher from Seen and Heard International. And we are here to talk today about... Six! Six! The smash Broadway musical that has come to the Barrett Center on tour. And -hmm. this is its South Florida. We covered its South Florida debut, basically. Welcome to the show!
1: Everybody knows that we used to be six yeah, it was my first time seeing it. Do you know, I learned that it was, it, it first debuted at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival.
0: You said that's Did so you know that? American. Yeah, Edinburgh. Yeah,
1: I'm not Scottish. If you can't Edinburgh. Yeah, Edinburgh.
0: I think it's British. It's, it it's debuted Scottish. in
1: Shrek Swamp. <laughs> in Shrek Swamp. At, at the Shrek Fringe Film Festival. Don't care why are you my ex-wife? <laughs> I, I believe it was some students from Cambridge that created it.
0: Yeah, Lucy Moss and Toby Marlowe were both students at Cambridge, and Edinburgh Fringe Festival is like this crazy uh theater festival where you can kind of just pitch whatever yeah i want to like make a pilgrimage out one of these years because now they've got like a show that's like gone from this little it's like fringe in the name mm-hmm. and fringe in the kind of content they do yeah so it's like such niche stuff yeah that it's like gets pitched there and then becomes these big productions and so this is like yeah. the original production is like super downplayed it's like them and like Clothes that are like from H and M, clearly. Yeah. But then once they got, I pr- don't uh, have the budget. Right. It's it's, it's in production. It's yeah. like no budget. Yeah. And so now it's insane to see where this show has gone. They have a tour on the West End, that then became a West there now at the A R T over in London, the West End. Mm. Um, they've also been on the Bliss and Breakaway ships of the Norwegian cruise lines. Really. Yeah, it's just so interesting because it's like well, that's
1: that's the funny thing about the show—not to like cut you off or anything, but like you know, like you said, it comes from like this fringe festival, right? And the show absolutely one hundred percent is a departure from a typical Broadway show. But how fringe is it really? Because I think it's a show that's really palatable to someone who maybe doesn't have any interest in Broadway. Like uh, when we went to see it, we brought our mutual friend that. Really doesn't like Broadway. Oh no. But he loved this show. Loved oh yeah, because
0: it's a concert. It's a concert. It's, a it's pop 90 concert. minutes, and which it's, is it's like. It's funny. It's engaging. It's 90 minutes. There's no intermission. No intermission. And like set pieces are minimal. Yeah. There's not like. The dialogue is super funny. And it just like really gets you engaged in it. Mm-hmm. Um, And it gets you thinking about a lot of the historical ramifications behind it. Hmm. But it's just like, yeah, it's a concert. I think it works best as a concert. And that, I think. Fundamentally is why I like this show. Hot top, uh, hot take. I like this show fundamentally better than Hamilton. Have you seen Hamilton? I haven't seen Hamilton, but I don't think Me I too like it very much. <laughs> well, I'm we have poor. tickets to see it soon. That is true. Yeah. Oh, there's also, there's also like the Disney Plus version, which I just... <laughs> with the original cast and Lin-Manuel Miranda croaking out his like last notes because he... <laughs> is not the strongest vocalist. Uh. You know, it's fucked up with the Hamilton Pro Shot. Apparently, like, uh, Leslie Odom Jr., who was going to, uh, who's won the Tony for playing Aaron Burnett, um, was almost not about to be in it because he asked the production for as much money as Aaron Tveit asked for to film Grease live. Wow. To, to do, did you ever, uh, I like, mean, is
1: that that crazy, though? Like, No,
0: it's just asking for what you're, it deserves yeah. to be paid. Because yeah. the thing is, like, this mean, like, is big.
1: I've never seen Hamilton. I'm not expecting myself to like it all that much. Um,
0: because you actually you know history. You
1: can't deny the fact that it's insanely popular. You know?
0: No, I walked to when I was on Broadway a few weeks ago, um, I literally walked by the Richard Rogers Theater, and across from it, they have an entire gift shop dedicated to Hamilton merch. A
1: Hamilton gift shop. You've heard it here first, people.
0: Hamilton gift shop. I got Hamilton my coworker shop. a gift there because they probably she- probably
1: sell Delta 8 there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, I wish they did. I fi- that shows three hours. I would need Delta 8 to get through a three-hour production like that.
1: I made a mistake with the Delta 8 yesterday. <laughs>
0: I mean, clearly. <laughs> that's the re- that's for our next... We're totally not recording two episodes in one day. <laughs>
1: no. We're, not we're feature. We had two shows in one week. Why not? To yeah. Tell the listeners. Six, six is just 90 minutes. We saw six on Tuesday, October 11th, my birthday. Yeah. <laughs> it was the opening of it coming to South Florida. I, I think it's moving to Miami next week. Yes. The um, art center. Yeah. So, we saw six. And then...
0: We saw Little Shop last saw night.
1: Little Shop of Horrors by Slow Burn Theater Company, Fort Lauderdale based, correct?
0: Yeah, it's a it's a very good like regional theater company. They always put up so crazy productions.
1: No, I was shocked by how good it was actually. Well, like I was expecting a lot less because it is regional. I think this is my first Slow Burn production I've ever seen, and I was really impressed. They did a great job. They did a really great job.
0: I will say, there's they did a production last season of Head Over Heels, which similarly reminded me of Six in a way, because, I mean, I've never seen Six in a smaller house. Mm. I think that Head Over Heels works fundamentally in a smaller house, but Six is kind of the opposite, where I think having a bigger house, even with a small cast of six people, mm-hmm. and then a backing band, like, really plays to its strengths to feel like this massive pop concert. Yeah. like And also the, sta- the staging of it, there's not really not much in it. It's like a...
1: There's not much at all.
0: There's a back. There's the lighting. Yeah. There's a like light show. this,
1: like door esque, like room divider situation going on but the room, It's actually LED lights. Oh
0: yeah. And there's you so know. much kinetic energy into it. That's it. like yeah. Th- that combined with the dance, because I think that it's not. I wouldn't call it a dance show, but there's enough the dance in it, um, which is, it just has so much.
1: The whole show has like this, like real, like neo. Tudor Henry VIII aesthetic to it right where it's you know th- they're all the all the wives and their costumes are based off of something you'd see a pop star wear on tour in a concert right but they have these like kind of elements that are evocative of what a noble woman of that era would wear and then it's the same thing with the stage design too where it's like, you know, you have this thing that looks like it could be the outside of, like, a two-door house, like some kind of embellishment they'd have on it, like a room divider almost, but it's made out of LED le- neon lights. And then they really, like, run with this idea, I think, in the uh, one part of the musical where uh, he finds Anna of Klebs. Right? Oh, yeah, the
0: the, the Tinder-like and section. They make
1: it, like, like, yeah, like, through the lighting, they make it seem as if, like, some... You know, divine, like in the clouds. Henry the Eighth is swiping through like some kind of medieval Tinder of hands, Holbein portraits. <laughs> it was pretty. That was my favorite part of the show, actually. That I was like. Hilarious. I
0: almost wonder how that's the thing too. So this show taps into stand culture and internet culture. I think super well. I almost wonder if this show will ever. I mean, I think there's enough room for them to adapt it if this show ever like out. Lives some of its like elements because I think I mean mm-hmm. I saw Company recently and it's a revival. Of,
1: it's gonna become a um a, a drama series on HBO. <laughs> like, it's gonna rever- reverse. Yeah, yeah. Like because there's that big. Oh, I mean, it's that <laughs> Tutor
0: series that was like a big for a while.
1: Oh, see, that was like literally a thing. I don't... Yeah, it was. A, it was a <laughs> show called The Tudors.
0: <laughs> it's like, but it's got more history in it, and I think that this show, um, circling back because I work corporate and that's the word they use <laughs> circling, back. circling back I think the show fundamentally knows it is a concert and it's a rewriting of historical elements yeah. and reclaiming these stories in a way that's like it isn't them on stage and that's what I think uh, loses me with Hamilton is the fact that it tries to sell itself as history yeah uh, my sister she is in when she was in high school she did a she went to see Hamilton because the school like Uh, took them on a field trip but it wasn't like a drama class it was a history class Mm -hmm. and there's a whole to do about it like these kids would have talent show and i think because and hamilton i mean teaches i mean it's based off the ron Chernow, like one singular uh source material which is ron Chernow, who like writes very glaringly uh, revisionist versions of history, like saying the Schuyler sisters were abolitionists, which in reality they weren't. There's mm-hmm. no evidence to, su- to support that the Schuyler They had personal slaves. They were not abolitionists. Yeah. And that's the thing with, like, I think writing about the Tudors is, like, could be very dicey because I think monarchy, especially now, especially after Queen Lizzie has passed, um, isn't probably looked at in the most favorable light
1: yeah not not any especially like us being from the United States, like we don't we, I think that's kinda... the thing when they
0: translated the show over, yeah. I mean, one thing about the show okay, like let's talk about like
1: Hamilton and a history class, going to see Hamilton instead of a drama class, right? Like if you have the right history teacher, I think Hamilton can be a really fun and engaging way to teach history, but you need to point out a lot of like the historical inaccuracies about it. And it's a good way to teach kind of like critical thinking skills when it comes to taking into account the actual history of what happened, right? Sometimes like which isn't this, you know, sterilized history we get taught in a push in high school
0: even now Um, in like florida because we're from florida yeah where it's like we're about to like gut history textbooks for being uh teaching too woke history too too accurate
1: (laughs) yeah exactly too accurate history um but i do think this is actually something like on the inverse that six does really well where kind of like the whole like mission statement of six is we want, we're not going to talk about Henry VIII. Henry VIII isn't even in the musical. We're going to talk about the six wives because, you know, historically, it's his story. History is told by men, and the women are just kind of swept under the rug in history. And, you know, with a few exceptions, that's largely true. And some of the women that we get taught of this era that we get to learn about are the six wives of Henry VIII. And right? even
0: then, you mostly learn just about, like, Anne Boleyn.
1: And exactly. And we just know them because they were the wives of Henry VIII. And, you know, about whether or not the show could like evolve into something else, I think it would be kind of difficult because we don't have all that source material. And that's something that the musical itself makes fun of. Where for some of the wives, we were, she likes sewing and religion. And, you know, what I mean, like, you like know, there's not Marlowe, all that like, much, so much known by them or known about them. So, um, that, that's one of the great things I like about Six, though, was that it it does want to honor these women and maybe help us think about them from a different perspective. Um, like, a lot of people have the misconception that they were all just murdered. Oh, and yeah. That didn't happen. And Balin Only two— three-
0: Anne Boleyn had three tits, and she uh, <laughs> n- slept with her cousin, which was not true at all. Not true either. It was just- uh, As far as we know. Well, as far as we know, but I mean, <laughs> I feel like the portraits would have told us that. Right, exact. Come on, Hans Holbein. Yeah, Hans like, Holbein. He has a whole series of portraits about her. Come on now. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's the thing I have to say. I think at the the Louvre, I think has a portrait, some hot- Hansel boy, I, I that
1: love that she had like this gangster ass like b chain though. Like, oh yeah, like she she walked so rappers could run. <laughs> like honestly, the, her like, giant a, chain, b chain, her, her b chain, bad bitch. Bee, the b is for bad bitch, not Berlin.
0: And bad bitch Berlin. Yeah, I mean you have to be to like dissolve the Catholic Church from the church of it's england
1: really you know honestly i feel like they didn't give her enough props like they they're acting like that was gonna happen anyways you know this woman's really changed history for, like m- many thousands of people died because henry the eighth decided to break away from the catholic church oh, you really? know it's part of what le- legitimized the protestant reformation many wars were fought over this issue And even today culturally there's huge divides between protestants and catholics and you know one of the reasons why he had which they even mentioned in the tinder scene in the musical why he had to uh go with someone from the holy roman empire someone who was a protestant like anna claims i think she was a lutheran which obviously they weren't lutherans in uh in england but those were kind of like the only protestants at the time you know like non-catholic people in like the whole of like europe yeah yeah
0: yeah and it's interesting uh, it's like yeah there's so much historical context behind that and i think that this show is fundamentally knows it's so much to dive into all of that yeah like is even like uh they mentioned like mary uh the baby mary but it's like bloody mary's reign yeah and then queen elizabeth uh from anne boleyn yeah, a
1: lot of Easter eggs for the history nerds in there. With that being said though, before we get off six, who is your favorite queen?
0: I'm an Anne stan. Partially because, because I did have the, necklace. have the necklace and I saw on Broadway, the very first time I saw it, I saw um oh my god, what's her name? Google help me six. Andrea Makasset. Hmm. She she's this like Filipino actress from Canada who, like, they, like, had her come down to play Anne Boleyn, and she... No shade to the actress who we saw on tour, Jasmine. Uh, uh, to the actress we saw, uh, Storm Lover. She's really good. Uh, mm-hmm. But I just love the acting choices Andrea Magaset makes on stage. Like, she goes way more punky and more comedy with the, with the role, because there's a lot of comedy in that part. Um, but this night... Uh, this show I truly liked Jasmine Forsberg as Jane Seymour yeah I I know you don't like I know the ballad brings the show to a crawl yeah but like she made so she many it. she made so many acting choices that were just like powerful it's like yeah. every with a park and bark song you essentially have to know what to put into it emotionally physically visually and she made all the right choices. And this is also her. This is her national tour debut. A lot of people in the company of the show, this is their either first national tour debut or they've been on Broadway but in smaller roles. So this is their like first like large ensemble piece, which I think works to the show's detriment and also incredibly well because. So at the Tonys this year, the show had to make the Tonys had to make a stipulation that all of the people in Six were eligible for Best Supporting Actress. Like, no one could be Best Lead Actress because, fundamentally, there is no lead actress in Six. Yeah. Like, uh, because it is an ensemble piece, which kind of brings the discourse, like, should there be an award for, like, Best Ensemble? Because a lot of shows now we're seeing are, like, more ensemble-driven, like Company, uh, Six, uh, Mm -hmm. A Strange Loop. Yeah. Really ensemble driven. There's not really as much of like the days of like, you know, uh uh the leading lady leading lady, like a Glenn Close in uh Sunset Boulevard mm-hmm. kind of thing. It's not as like it's not as prevalent these days because um also I think especially with COVID. I mean it could be a COVID ish related decision. Like yeah, there's people who like bank there's people who bank off of shows off of a star, like uh with the music man with Hugh Jackman like those weeks he was out, the sales yeah. just tanked. Yeah. And even uh, when we saw Stephanie J. Block um, at the Parker, she even said when the first time she was in a production of, I think it was, uh, oh my God, it's that musical about Legs Diamond, but the guy mm-hmm. who was in Legs Diamond, uh uh, he was sure. also married to Liza Minnelli, I believe. Oh, Whoa. Because she plays Liza Minnelli in that show, um, but he was uh, notoriously gay, <laughs> and so uh, that's a thing that Liza and her mother have in common. Peter Allen, yeah, it's the musical about Peter Allen. Uh, for the time when Peter Allen was in the, uh, or when Hugh Jackman was playing Peter Allen in that show, basically they paid out the cast and said take a vacation, because I think oh, wow. because uh Hugh Jackman had a f- prior film engagement. And so they are just like, we're not going to make any money because the only thing is when you rely. They want to
1: come see Hugh Jackman.
0: They're not even in the the current the now closing in January. Music Man. Yeah. Uh, you literally see like Hugh Jackman, Sutton Foster, and then right below it, the Music Man. Yeah. And It's in a smaller font, and it's like, I think those days of like big star-driven vehicles are like kind of on their way out because. Yeah. I think, I mean, with 6, it's like, it's very much just about this really great ensemble. And there's been so many iterations of it between the UK version, between the uh, tour versions. Like, this is probably like the fifth or sixth company that's done 6. Yeah.
1: I don't think, I think they're always going to continue to happen, though. You know why? Because I don't think as lucrative as they probably can be for the, the big name celebrities that take part in shows like that. I don't think they are the most lucrative thing for the celebrities to be doing. Like,
0: no, they could be going into like some uh, what's it called? No, they
1: do it because they want to be like viewed as like this serious, well-rounded actor. Because they get insecure. Like someone like a Daniel Craig, right? Doing Macbeth. I want to go see him. I love. And first of all, let me just establish: I love Daniel Craig. I've had a crush on him forever. Okay, Um, and I love Macbeth. Macbeth is my favorite anything by Shakespeare. Right. Um but Mc him doing Macbeth for it's like not even like it was an expensive show. Like those tickets were like sixty bucks a pop. Oh no, the set was like nothing. Yeah, and the set was like nothing. I'm sure he made a pretty penny off of it. But also like he could have went and done like a fucking progressive commercial or something. It kinda of legitimizes it you. With a lot less work. You know what I mean? But he want you know, he I'm to be an actor. actor or like or like even someone like and it's always someone who is in a role that people might perceive as being like really frivolous too, like James Bond. Again, I love James well, Bond. Well, it's still like
0: a popcorn movie. But
1: it's a popcorn movie. Or like uh, we have a uh, Daniel Radcliffe with Harry Potter. He did Equus on Broadway in the midst of doing Harry Potter. Oh, and speaking
0: of that, yeah. he's about to go into Merrily We Roll Along off Broadway with really? Jonathan Groff. And, um, oh, my God, what what's, is it with Spider-Man, uh, which Andrew Garfield? Hold Merrily. Oh, Andrew
1: Garfield's going
0: to be in it. I think that was at one point. I don't – I think he was either rumored or, like, to be in the role, but I think it's not going to – Yeah, it's Jonathan Groff, Daniel Radcliffe, and Lindsay Mendez. Yeah, I think he was in talks to do it, but I also think that the man does movies. He's really good in movies. Right. Uh, he was good in Tick, Tick, Boom. I don't know if he has. He actually, I, I think he said, "I don't have the chops to do a Broadway show eight times a week, which is demanding." Even Leah Michelle in Funny Girl doesn't even do all eight shows of the week. Oh, really? She has an. She has an alternate on Thursdays, and I have a friend who bought tickets to see Leah Michelle and bought a ah! Thursday show ticket. And it's like, go see Julie Benko. She's fantastic and she's actually Jewish and didn't threaten to shit anyone's wig. You think Leah Michelle has a fuck ton of money? Oh definitely. I bet so. She's she's a Broadway child, which <laughs> usually means that you were um uh, you have rich parents who got you in acting lessons, who got you in vocal lessons. Yeah. You did all the little like regional theater Because like, her first role was a Broadway role. Um, really? I think in ragtime as a like, child. And uh, even then people were like this. Child's a fucking diva. 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 The female version of a hustler. So, this tour is one of two tours running concurrently. So, we're seeing the Aragon Tour, which is like the A Tour. Mm -hmm. There's like a B Tour called the Boleyn Tour. Okay. And, I mean, I hate comparing people, but I really think that, I mean, every version of this show I've seen is super solid. And I think that the cast we got tonight was just like incredible. Yeah. Um, well, let me just—I will literally just go down the line and say things I like about each one of them. Uh, Kaya Wilcoxon as Catherine of Aragon. She knew how to give Beyonce Formation Tour like energy. Yeah. Down hat. She
1: was great. She was the perfect person to start the show off with. She brought so much energy. Like you said,
0: the energy was there. Yeah, and it's like. The com the choices in the acting I think were just fantastic I think she's got the vocals because the thing is like the the show throws in like a little riff for each queen that's like different for each performer so seeing Adriana Hicks do it and then now seeing Kyle Wilcoxon do it and I saw her before in one of my favorite musicals this is the first show I saw after the lockdown um Hades town yeah she's one of the workers in Hades town really oh my god Hades you're gonna love Hades town yeah. We have to see when we when we do it, when we cover it. It is this beautiful show that's got this like anti-capitalist message about like coming together. Um, it's based on Greek mythology too. Oh yeah, it's about the Orpheus and Eurydice myth. Ooh. Oh, I I won't spoil too much. It's just so good. Excited. But the ensemble in that show works so super well, and I think that's why she works so well in Six, is the fact that. Working in Hades Town, basically being like not the lead, I uh, kind of the lead roles in some way, but the ensemble of Hades Town has to work so much as a cohesive unit that here it's just like um, Storm Lover as Anne Boleyn. Now I've seen Andrea in it, and I kind of like Storm's version in the fe- the sense she goes a little more R and B with the riffs, like, reminded right mm. me like a like lo- the Lily Allen side of it a little more, mm-hmm. like she wasn't as much comedy which was like, okay, you have like, Andrew, who's like, like, punky, comedy, like, excellence, and Storm is just like, I'm giving you the riffs, I'm giving you the, um, and then let me see, where, what, I
1: think we had a missed opportunity with Anne Boleyn's the way they interpreted her necklace, they just kind of like built it into her costume, which you could have had fun with the necklace.
0: Well, deal. I mean, if you noticed, uh, the only two that wear chokers in the show are Anne Boleyn and Catherine Howard, because they were
1: decapitated.
0: Decapitated by a sword, although the what's her name's was a little worse because she was, was a, a
1: child. Great story I heard about the decapitation of Anne Boleyn recently. Forget where I heard it. But the whole thing was, you know, typically a decapitation back then happens by axe. Executioner comes and just, you know, you kneel your head in the basket. You have to stand very still or else it might not kill you instantly. And whereas with Anne Boleyn, they did it with a sword, a very sharp sword. And she could kneel as if she was like this pious woman kneeling before God um which is kind of like you know privileges you get if you're the queen getting that yeah. no, even though you're <laughs>
0: even though she was like exiled by the church and then like what's it called um called uh, basically a whore because they accused her of like sleeping with her cousin even though Henry was sleeping a- around way more and with more cousins probably more realistic cousins it's the yeah. it's 1800s or 1500s yeah. 1500s Mobility. yeah they're definitely all related in some way and yeah. the and, um, you know, breaking up the church and all that. Maybe, like, pious wasn't, like... But it's, yeah, it's very interesting for her to get a sword, like, swinging death.
1: Death of an axe. And I think the same thing happened for, uh, what's her name? Catherine
0: Howard? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Catherine Howard, who was, like, an actual, like, tw- young 20s person. Poor baby. Poor baby. I will say, though, so there's a bit of, like, discourse on, like... She was just horny. She was just a child. <laughs> Let her fuck. Oh my god, she was a child. There's a bit of discourse about like whether or not Anne Boleyn, in the, sh- in the context of the show, should have the Jane Seymour part, because like um, at- Jane Seymour gets portrayed as the very homely, very pious one, because she actually gives him the son, and so she's kind of portrayed in a little more of an Adele way, like her ballad is very Adele. Well then
1: also, she just dies too in like childbirth like she's not all that controversial
0: yeah she's and she didn't break up a church basically that's that's the only thing is like everyone said but Anne Boleyn was also a pretty devoted mother to Elizabeth yeah and her child brought in a whole era of like reformation basically come on now the Elizabethan era Mm -hmm. like Shakespeare all the culture we still even to this day yeah um, is literally because of Anne Boleyn's child yeah god damn it takes after her mother exactly uh all the culture shifting but that's the thing too with like jane seymour like jane seymour was a lady in waiting jane seymour saw the first two and wives Lynn
1: was a lady in
0: waiting oh like but she only had one wife to see before
1: yeah oh yeah she didn't see two she didn't see two and then watch one
0: get beheaded <laughs> yeah. and then watch the watch the first one you know just get sent to a nunnery crazy and so,
1: could you imagine though? It's like you murder your wife, and then the only like options you have to choose are like either like your wife's friends, basically, or some noble woman from overseas that Hans Holbein paints a portrait of
0: yeah that's literally called brooklyn dating yeah <laughs> it's brooklyn dating that's literally like yeah. what it's like to live in like a queer commune and yeah. like only have like immediate people in your polycule to date we could only
1: date other people in the polycule they were it was basically a polycule i mean it was
0: one-sided polycule Just was cheating. i mean
1: Anne Boleyn was fucking um, i mean yeah but what she got beheaded fucking, for it you know who was fucking anna of clubs.
0: Anna of Cleves that got was, the best role. That
1: was my favorite queen. Oh, my God.
0: At, Olivia Donaldson is Anna of Cleves. She, I think, like, in the show, they write her, her motivation as, like, Nicki Minaj. Yeah. Uh, but oh, I honestly, Rihanna. Rihanna, and I'm like, I kind of got, I mean, I'm also a big person, Uh, but uh, I also saw a lot of Lizzo in her performance. For sure. Because like, just... the, the house music was also, like, uh, a, like, a harpsichord version of Truth Hurts. Yeah. Yeah, there was that.
1: She was really animated, though. I think that's, like, where the Nicki Minaj inspiration comes from. Though. The, the kind of, like, hand on your hip. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that's true.
1: But I, I see where you get the, like, the the kind of Lizzo vibes. She um, has, like, a brashness like, about and, um, her. Yeah, like an empowered woman who ain't going to take shit from no one. Because she got the best living, deal. Yeah, she did. Living life on her own terms in, a, in Richmond, the palace, you know, good for her. Yeah, that's, she like. She was my favorite. If I had to be any of them. Oh, her.
0: In real life, if you had to be them, her. Yeah. Because that's the thing. She she gets to die of, like, natural causes.
1: And just live and do what she wants and, like, cause drama on the court. Like, when she comes through to, like, turn a look you
0: know that is true oh yeah oh my god the reveal
1: yeah the reveal in
0: the in the i noticed in the intro because i did i've seen the show enough times now like the opening intro the intro choreography they kind of like the other five queens just like kind of like lightly like touch at her sides yeah like at her at her uh outfit yeah and it's like foreshadowing for like the big reveal that's going to happen at the show and it's just like
1: i didn't realize that until you said that now
0: I yeah, saw because I've seen this. Either. When listen, when I was in lockdown in 2020, I literally was like, someone like had a phone out and recorded the whole show, and I was like, oh my <laughs> god, I need to see this show. Um, when it comes to product, well, that's the thing too. Like this show, kind of is a preset thing you can film in, like the ending, the mega six, yeah, the curtain calls. So it's like I think that's usually kind of used to deter people away from like you know filming the rest of the show. Uh, which is like a tricky thing cause it's a whole discourse of like, I know it's distracting for performers sometimes, Mm -hmm. um, unless when you're like really not discreet about it. Cause some people aren't, I think I'm like opening night funny girl. People were not discreet cause I've seen a million TikToks from every angle of the August Wilson theater of Leah Michelle. Yeah. So it's just like, okay, they were clearly not being subtle about that. But then, uh, what's it called? Um, with six, it's like you know they encourage not the Broadway version, sadly, I think the version we did they at least let you film the ending of it
1: they I mean they it seems like they let you film the ending. everyone did, but it's not really like the spoken thing. It's
0: know? just like they won't at, stop you. I
1: think it'll be smart. It would be smart, like you know, Carol King had a similar oh um, true beautiful it was called right it had a similar will you make the at earth the move? end? Yeah. Well first of all, it's like the fact that they teased us not to, to track to Carol King too much, but the oh, whole no, Carol King musical. You don't get it. I feel the earth move under my feet until the curtain call is the <laughs> it's exactly very like, end. Right. But I think Which of the part you can film. I think if these musicals actually really do go out of their way and say this is the part you could film some way where it's not like too like obnoxious. we won't stop you it's it's good though but like let the audience know because you want them to film that, because well, that in gets the west ed- Out
0: in the know? west end version they say get your phones out you're gonna wanna film this okay but in our version the i think the line is like i want to see everybody clap your hands yeah. and then it's just like because so this version is the broadway version uh ported over and the reason why the broadway version didn't allow them to film uh, is because of union rules.
1: Oh makes sense.
0: But in Hades Town, I filmed the ending of Hades Town and they didn't really stop me. Yeah. It's the something with the Musicians Union, I think, that like yeah. the Musicians Union, uh, which is another thing too. So the union the Equity and the Musicians Union in Broadway, they made two big changes from the West End production. So one, you can't film the Mega Six on Broadway, but people do. I've seen I've seen enough people like film it. You just like hold a phone right at your chest <laughs> and you have like seats that are like just good enough. You can, like angle down. <laughs> it's like I just have my phone right here. I'm not filming. Yeah. Uh, and it's not as distracting. I think honestly, I think that the performers I've seen like literally look dead at the camera and are just like playing it up to it because <sighs> I think they they know that this, sh- this is how the yeah. show has able to come to Broadway is the fact that there's a big finale you can film. Yeah. And that gets promoted. It gets shared over TikTok. It gets shared over all the social media. The only thing I don't like fundamentally is when I see people put compilations of it, and like people are like, "Oh, she's a better Anne Boleyn, or she's a better of uh, Happy Aragon Varagon." Which is like, did you watch the show?
1: Yeah, <laughs> you're just watching these like bootleg ass clips.
0: Well, not even because it's like you're not. The whole point of the show is like to not compare women and their performance. Yeah, and tragedies. you
1: know something? goddammit? it.
0: It's like, you what? They, they spent a whole hour and a half just saying, stop comparing women over trivial things. It was
1: Henry the that left that comment.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. It's like, whenever I see anything bad about A Strange Loop online, it's like, Tyler Perry wrote this. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole big thing in A, t- in a Strange Loop. Uh, but the other big change is that all the alternates, the understudies, I think we got the main cast that night, but usually the alternates the understudies have another costume. Like it's like not any of the colors you see on stage. Yeah. Uh, some of them have pants. Some of them have like peplums. Some of them have like different uh, ways the costume is like uh, displayed. And it's usually like a color like teal or orange or black. Like none of the main colors. And it's I guess was supposed to make you think of them as like other kind of like alternates. But uh, that's stayed on the West End. But because of union rules, it hasn't happened in Broadway, which. Equity and union. I'm not I'm not equity yet. Mm, yeah, maybe yeah. this podcast will get me cancelled oh. from equity. <laughs> maybe I'll get my equity. I'll never get an equity card after this podcast. After
1: this podcast.
0: But it's just like, um, what's it called? I think it was just like a whole to do. And I think that it's a union rule that really isn't helping the show. I mean it's still doing well. I think if you check Broadway grosses, it's still fine. And the thing is this show has not much production value in it. Like no. there's maybe there's one big set, there's one mild change in the show uh which is just like the the throne that comes up
1: even the set itself like it looks like you could fit the whole set in a, in a bus Sienna. like <laughs> you know <laughs> like this is like they could do this show on a shoestring budget and make a shit ton- like they sold out like they had a really good turnout for a it oh massive the Broward Center.
0: which the other thing too is like i was so where we were in like the pit up the pit, orchestra center, mm-hmm. <laughs> the pit, as if we're in a rock show. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like a lot of people were like season pass holders, and we're like sitting politely and only clapping at the big parts or at the at the the parts they are supposed to clap. It's like, but this show is concert energy. Yeah. I'm just like, work, bitch, yes, <laughs> from like the back row. Yeah. yeah, you know what? I also felt was
1: concert energy, and maybe wasn't supposed to be. Little show, little little Shabu Shabu- we were like hooting and hollering that whole show oh my god maybe it's because i was stoned <laughs> but <laughs>
0: it could be that but also um, it has everyone else was too it wasn't uh dd romero was Catherine howard oh my god i i liked her acting choices and i like her vote she's got really strong vocals like that role is like super demanding when it comes to like singing ability and like I think there was like times where I'm like okay that line could have been stronger but I still like think that because it's such a tall order it's a seven minute song mm-hmm. like it is a lot to like consciously think of and when I saw and that's the thing seeing this uh in a bigger house because Brown Center is actually a really big house in perspective of it. Like, I saw this in the Brooks Atkinson and Broadway. It's Mm -hmm. tiny compared to this. Yeah. It's actually... So, it's the Brooks Atkinson. It's about to be renamed the Lena Horn Theater. Oh, really? Yeah, they just renamed the court to the James Earl Jones. Really? Yeah. Cool. Because it was the very first uh, theater James Earl Jones played at when he did Broadway. Oh, no way. Gabriela Carrillo as Catherine Parr. I I think that object... It's not to, not to compare the whole show, but I think that is a really underrated song and a really tall order in the show to like wrap everything back up. Yeah. To like you know, drive that final point home, and it is a bit of not much comedy. Um, what's it called? It is a bit of uh, what's it called? It's just a lot of acting in it.
1: I wonder how true that story is too about her being a writer, and then in love with someone else.
0: Oh, with a, her first husband. Yeah. I think that's pretty open knowledge, honestly. Yeah. Like, uh, I think it's pretty well reported on. It's like,
1: if the king wants to marry you, you have no choice.
0: I mean, it's just like survival. Uh, yeah. I think it's like back then it was a survival tactic because, yeah. Uh, I mean, women weren't exactly respected in Imagine this time the period. King just takes your
1: fucking girl. Oh well, yeah, because like, I think, and he had an executor. I think. Terrible.
0: Uh terrible. that's what he did with the first this
1: King Henry VIII guy like where does he get off? You know, no respect for nothing.
0: It and all these women that's how he attempts to get terrible. off or the pope just n- nothing. He Bad what's news. it called? Uh, cuz yeah, he did the same thing I think with Catherine Howard's like it wasn't even like it was one of his ministers that he like got oh my god, and he got like uh what do you call it? We're drawn and quartered. She drew Oof. he drew and quartered the guy she was with.
1: Terrible.
0: It's like... It yeah, that's why
1: it's like, you know, being killed with the sword was so merciful, right? Like, people were getting drawn and, and quartered and, and or, like, tar-feathered and shit, you know? Like,
0: Does tar and feather kill you? Or is this a slow way to die? It kills you.
1: I think it kills you. Like, oh, some God. Hot, like, tar.
0: Tar is hot. Yeah. I mean, yeah, your flesh would just burn. Yeah.
1: It's, like, a bad way to die. But I am going to say, you might survive, but you can be toe
0: up from the flow up. Oh. I think what's her name, Catherine Parr, producer sure, did survive. I mean, she's the survival one, mm-hmm. but she didn't die. She died kind of soon after him. She lived for a couple years Such with her with her like next husband, and then like she eventually just like died. Yeah. Well, because that's the thing when he, the mo- I think the mo- That era of the monarchy died with him. Then it was. Kind of disputed for a while between Mary and Elizabeth, mm-hmm. and then the son, the the Jane's, Jane, I remember forgot Jane Seymour actually gave him the son Edward.
1: It'd, it'd be funny if they did like a remake of of Six, like for TV, and they do it flavor of love style, <laughs> where King Henry VIII is Flav of Flav the is flavor flavor, and New York is oh,
0: Amberlin <laughs> is up with the New York character.
1: <laughs> yeah, that'd be great.
0: Or no oh my god a real housewives version
1: i was thinking real housewives too but flavor of love or even like big brother big brother where they're all just like ladies in waiting like (laughs) trapped in the court (laughs) they can't leave the court because honestly that was probably that was like big brother before big brother to be a lady in waiting
0: oh it's true because you're kind of just like you can't really leave
1: right waiting for someone to leave the house like they know about you on the outside to some degree, I, I imagine. Because I'm sure a position like that
0: came with some kind of status. When you're getting your portrait painted by Hans Holbein. Hans
1: Holbein!
0: God, we're going to fucking Berlin soon and I'm going to just talk like that the whole Hans- time. Yeah. Oh, yeah! Oh, yeah! Das ist gut! Oh, das yeah! Scheiße! Ach, oh, du Lebchen! Ach, <laughs> oh, Lebchen! So, uh, this show, Six, has won. It won two Tonys this year, it won for the product. Uh, hold on, I have it in front of me. It won for costume design by Gabriella Slade, P- and P- it won best mu oh and best orchestrations by Marlowe and Moss, which for a show with like a band basically.
1: Who did Marilyn Moss play? Uh,
0: so Marlowe and Moss are the ones who created the show.
1: Oh, oh okay.
0: Yeah, Toby Marlowe and Lucy Moss. <laughs> I was
1: like Marilyn Moss. Marilyn was Moss. Us?
0: I think of the shows that year though, because the thing is, everyone says that six, uh, six, if it opened when it was planned to open in 2020, mm. probably would have like swept. Yeah. At the Tonys, but this was a strange loops year. Okay. And uh, you just kind of have to see strange. It's like I can't describe a strange loop in any succinct way. You kind of just have to see it. I'll see it. Um but i mean hopefully it tours it's a show the thing is with six when i saw six i'm like this show is going to tour um with strange loop it's like it could probably play like bigger regional houses i don't know how much it can play like um you know the broward center um but this one who was it winners and nominees yeah, it lost best musical to Strange Loop, which over uh Girl from the North Country, the Bob Dylan musical. Um, Mr. Saturday Night starring uh what's Mike Wazowski's name? Oh my god. Michael. Mike Wazowski. Uh uh what's his name? I don't know. Uh 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 Billy Crystal. Billy Crystal. Billy Crystal and Paradise Square, which is a whole fucking mess that I'm not touching. <laughs> it's they should have never let What's-His-Name back into Broadway. Um, Garth Drabinsky, who's a producer on it, for already scamming producers already. Oh, yeah. Um, where's it? Oh, yeah. So this show won Best Costume Design over Carolina Change, Paradise Square, Diana for William Ivy Long, uh, The Music Man, and MJ. I think this show object- has some of my favorite costume design. It was great. It's just like... I actually got to see the costumes up close in 2021 when they had a costume exhibit, and you see all the little, Uh, like, nuances and details of it. Yeah. I think that they are using, like, holographic textures and peplums and, like, leather. Mm -hmm. It's such a smart storytelling way of, like, using, uh, even, like, on the... I love the boots. The boots, the house. The boots, the house. Custom Leducas. Oh really? Custom Laducas that are hand stoned by the the designers. Wow. Um, what's it called? Um, there's a there's a thing. Speaking of Tudor architecture, apparently in the actual designs of some of the outfits, like the Jane Seymour outfit has like the corset on it is supposed to re- resemble like Tudor arches. Yeah. And like Tudor crosses, basically. Yeah. And it's like so smart how she puts so much into that design. Yeah. On top of like making them like really almost like I want to say like mascots in a way, because it's like they're each represented by a singular color. Like Anne has the green sleeves, Um, yeah. Catherine of Aragon, gold royalty, uh, Mm. and has that formation tour look to it. Yeah. Um, Catherine Howard with the the pink, I think, just works for it because it's like a hot magenta pink, and she's and especially with the ponytail, like the high pony. He's giving us Arianka, giving Arianka, Arianka. very calculated, and I, I think one of my favorite choices in the show to make her specifically based off Ariana Grande and Britney. I mean, even now in the Free Britney era, mm. it's like that song is very Britney, ahead of its time. They were trying to tell us something. We all knew. I we all knew. I didn't know.
1: We knew in 2019. We knew. We knew something. Oh, okay, 2019 something yeah. was a mish. Get Amish, <laughs> or are they more?
0: Are they... I thought they were Mormon. Right? <laughs> or not, not Mormon. Uh, uh... What are they? They're just uh, Mennonites. Oh. Uh-huh. different religion. But different religion. it's a what's it called? It's like Amish? the Amish. Amish. It's like uh, uh, how like young women, especially, are now are like treated in the industry. Like even with uh, Jeanette McCurdy's new book, I think of like how young women are treated in the entertainment yeah. industry is probably similar to how women are treated back then I want to read that book I've heard her do so many podcasts about it oh me too yeah I wanna I think I want to I might buy the audiobook or something I do not have time to read it because yeah. when you hear the audiobook you hear it through her voice and her saying it yeah so you, the inflections are there when you say it in your head sometimes True. it's like it's young teen girl sarcasm that you might not get yeah but uh what's it called just like understanding you know the nuance of that character how it's like because when you think about it today, we have royalty and royal figures, but mm. we really don't have like, their like we have powerful people in, in like the world.
1: We don't have absolute monarchs. We don't have absolute monarchs. The part and they don't have helpful. any pageantry. I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, the Saudis maybe they are getting the closest. Something going on. Even I
0: the know. royal family looks so boring. I know.
1: Like they all wear the same outfit.
0: Always the same outfit. Boring. Boring. Yesterday,
1: bleh. they had the orb with Trump. Remember that? The, remember orb. the orb. Everybody wants to act like they forgot about the fucking orb.
0: The oh, orb. You know, oh, yeah. I remember with him, the Saudi king, and just like <laughs> was like some other ruler. Is yeah, it was a whole little motley group. I think Melania was in the cut. It was <laughs> just oh god, it's in. It was like what's it called? I think that pop stars are honestly our closest. Forms of controller monarchy these days. I mean, everyone says the Kardashians are
1: like our monarchy, and in a way they kind of of are. Yeah, like our royal family. In a way, they kind of are. That's true. But and then there's been families like that before too. Um, I would, I bet you know, at a period of time, you could make the argument that maybe, um, Lucille Ball and her family. Oh, Lucille and uh, Ricky. Yeah, they were like you know, most famous thing in the whole fucking world. Everyone loved them. Um
0: and they could never do any wrong.
1: Who else? You know, we've had lots of family and you know, we've also had political dynasties. The Clintons. We've had the Clintons, the Bushes, others. Or even someone like Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan was a celebrity. He was an actor.
0: Oh yeah. The cults of personality, the figure mm-hmm. the figure of uh what's it called? Yeah.
1: It's um, just our royalty, it's a bit of a meritocracy almost in me. a way. You
0: know. I mean which merit though?
1: Well, you have to work your way up to like this kind of extreme level of fame and notoriety and influence.
0: Like they kind which, of come in with a preset audience. Yeah,
1: and it's not like, you know, it's like the Kardashians obviously weren't born as uh, the Kardashians today, right? They might have been, mm-hmm. had, you know, a nice like McMansion and Calabasas. And, you know, they didn't they didn't start <laughs> with the odds stacked against them, it's for sure, but... You know, it, they're not like someone like Queen
0: Elizabeth who was just born to be royal. Oh, that's true. You know? And a lot of these, I mean, a lot of the marriages I think occurred because of like political dynasties, like saying this is a smart move, yeah, like to choose to go with one, um, to align with one country or the other. I think like that was the thing with like when he divorced Catherine of Aragon, he kind of put relations with them in Spain on like yeah, uh, on, like thin ice for a while
1: yeah definitely well and then also like they were catholic like they weren't on board with the let's separate from the pope train that's why he ended up with like we said before like anna of Cleves, who wasn't catholic she was lutheran she was protestant
0: oh true and she was like and the first one he like looked outside of you know women that were just in the castle friends already. of his wives <laughs> seriously oh god imagine that in like actual I that kind of is like a kardashian episode it is.
1: You know, like Taiga. Tyga's basically a lady in waiting. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Like or or Black China. Black China Black China is a lady Black China had a baby with Taiga and then had a baby with Rob Kardashian. Tell me she is not a messy lady in waiting. She's the Jane Seymour of the show. You know. And you know, maybe there's a bit of, you know, meritocracy. With becoming a royal, if you know someone like um, what's her name? The long, the the young girl. Her dad helped her become a lady in waiting. Oh, uh, captain course. Howard. Yeah, Catherine. You know, so maybe things aren't so different. Black China came off the streets of D.C. out of a strip club in Miami, into Calabasas, girl,
0: and that's the same thing. <laughs> I love that comparison. It's yeah. just the same way as Catherine Howard becoming a our exactly. royal at like twelve years old. She studied music,
1: okay. Black China was in tiger music videos.
0: Not she was a video different. girl?
1: She was a video vixen. Oh, I didn't know that. She was. I think the only way she was get... a stripper. Tail tiger. Looking for a bitch called Black China. I love them strippers, two chains featuring Nicki Minaj. <laughs> Long before she met a Kardashian. Oh my God! Really? Mm -hmm. I always wonder how she got famous. Yeah. Well,
0: now you know. Is that it? Oh God! Right here in Miami. Right as a video girl. Or Drake
1: has a song where he goes tell China it'd be worth the flight because he's in like Houston and wants China (laughs) to fly out from Miami. Get on that first Spirit flight out. Yeah, she's an inspiration to me as someone who um, has lived significant portions of my life in D.C. and Miami. Um, I look up to her a lot. Yeah. She is. Like, and that's the, the cult of personality. Which is her name, Angela. It's also Angela? my sister's name. That's her real name. Yeah, her name's Angela. That's what Wendy Williams refers to her as. Oh, my. God. Yeah. How you, How you doing? How you doing? We love you, Wendy. Can't wait for Rest your podcast peace, to come out. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> I
0: That's going to be a mess when that happens. It's going.
1: It's either going to be just like boring and... Or it's going to be, like, the best podcast ever. I think it's going to be messy and exciting. And I mean, like And It has to be messy and exciting. Depending on who produces it. But depending on who she can get on.
0: That's who. You know? Honestly,
1: she just talks half the time. That's the thing. People loved her show more for, like, her hot topics and just her talking. It wasn't even, like, and about it, the guests. It was just her yeah, talking. Yeah. But I could see Wendy doing, like, some really, like, sensational long-form interviews on, a part, on our podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, let me circle back one more time. Um, so, Six also won Best Original Score for musical and Music and or Lyrics Written for the Theater. Uh, that was for Toby Marlowe and Lucy Moss, the, ori- the original duo that wrote the whole show uh, in college. And that won over Strange Loop, Michael R. Jackson, Flying Over Sunset, Tom Kitt, Master Saturday Night, Jason Robert Brown. And Paradise Square. And so these, like, Jason Robert Brown, Tom Kitt, massive names in the Broadway industry. And I think that it's, like, these two kind of outsiders just, like, really are, like, I think they've nailed their way into into the Broadway ethos. And it's a thing now, I think, that people are seeing with, like, shows that transfer from the West End. To Broadway are like safe bets almost. Like, cats open that way. Mm-hmm. Les Mis started in London. Yeah. Matilda started in London. Um, I think it's a very allegedly it's a safe thing. Yeah. I'm trying to see what else is open this season. The thing is, we're in like kind of right now, it's October, so it's a middle of the season, basically. Like, shows are announcing closures and big new ones are about to announce. Yeah. So, like, we have Beatles just closing. Phantom of the Fucking Opera closing. Rest in peace. I never thought that show would close, but it's probably gonna be the cheap version they're bringing back. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, Music Man. I was like, it disgusts me to th- think of that production and mm. Scott Rudin.
1: Well, who was gonna take his place? Hugh that's Jackman? Th-
0: that's the thing. I think that they were like, it would be too much to find someone that like would keep the show running, and just said, let's just close it. Yeah. It's like, and that's the thing, I don't know if they ever made their money back with that show, or if they will, uh. because Hugh Jackman must not come cheap. Yeah, that show was selling out a million dollars or so every night. Crazy. But it's like, I still don't even think that was enough, because the Winter Garden is a big place. Yeah. And it was a big, lavish production. And I think that's why, I mean, it's what keeps Six running so well, is the fact that there is just minimal things you need to keep this I show running. You Fit the whole thing in a Toyota Sienna. You can fit in Toyota Sienna. You can perform it on a on a. And by box. the way, not that that's a bad thing. No, I think that's the thing too. What I'm seeing with like a lot of shows, like especially on Broadway right now. Uh, between a strange loop and six, and a lot of these big winning shows, is a lot of minimalist direction. I think the only real show I've seen on Broadway this past season that I could call arguably maximalist is Company, uh, because mm-hmm. Company has these like big moving sets every scene. It has like performers popping in and up and out of like lifts and like. Yeah. Um, I think that we haven't the mega musical. Is like kind of taking a snooze right now. I mean, Wicked assault there. Yeah, but like Anastasia of Beverly
1: Hills, was, was she, they were doing something.
0: The tour ver- <laughs> the thing is, we saw the tour version of Anastasia. It was terrible. I I, I liked the movie too much. I don't know who that was for. I I always try and yeah. say that there's a there's a movie for everyone, but I think that
1: I just don't understand why Rasputin Putin wasn't in it.
0: Because they try to go historical realism with the show, and I think that yeah. historical realism on Broadway is clearly not working. There's at- obviously no room for
1: it. God damn it! We want Hamilton. We want Six. We want
0: <laughs> like Les Mis is not historical <laughs> no. historically accurate to
1: anything. No,
0: it's just like a general story about like the French Revolution.
1: It it well. The funny thing is, it's like. The French Revolution, not to go on a sidetrack too too much right now, but it's like the French Revolution is not like the American Revolution that uh, I think a lot of us here in the United States... Romanticize. Well, and like we try and relate it to, where it's like the, the, the American Revolution was this thing that had a beginning, middle, and end, right? Mm-hmm. And consequences that we live with today because of it. French Revolution was messy. First of all, there was like two or three, basically. We have the whole Napoleonic era in between, you know, and... Um, Les Mis doesn't do a good enough job of like c- because they can't it's not a history precedent. No. It's a, it's a musical you know what I mean but if you're not like really familiar with the extremely complicated French Revolution like a history nerd like myself might be y- you're gonna just come at it with this kind of American ses- sensibility like oh it's just like us they're fighting for their freedom Populous uprising oh they're upset there's no bread <laughs> you <know>? oh yeah <laughs> but it, it, was, it was very different than that
0: oh yeah so the and even then with hamilton like the way that show is kind of presented as like american exceptionalism yeah you know like um immigrants we get the job done is <laughs> a line that sits very different we're going to have fun when we see Hamilton. I can't wait. I That's the next show in the season.
1: Is it coming to Fort Lauderdale? Or yes, or it is. First? Fort Lauderdale. So it's going to be Fort Lauderdale first? Yeah. All these shows are coming to Fort Lauderdale first.
0: Yeah. Actually, I think I have a way to end this podcast. Let's go over the season. Let's go over. Let's let's look do a smasher pass of this season in Broadway in Fort Lauderdale.
1: Hamilton's definite smash. That's November, right? Oh, yeah. So let's see.
0: Sixth musical. Smash, smash, obvious, smash, fantastic, incredible. Um, I think if you don't even like theater, if you just yeah. like want an entertaining that's so evening, short.
1: that's like a fun evening out. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, you can get to dinner before the reasonable time.
1: Yeah, you know that's a problem with a lot of them.
0: That's yeah, <laughs> three hour shows that just yeah. go way too long. Nice Speaking of which, Hamilton Woo. in November.
1: I'm gonna smash. I've never smashed Hamilton before. Um, I'm excited to see what she's all about.
0: Uh, I've seen the Disney Plus version. You know what? I like a lot of songs out of it. If I just go into it, just like non-cynically saying that this is a show, smash,
1: smash.
0: Maybe like a light date. Like maybe we'll go to dinner. Yeah. I maybe not a full smash. We'll go to dinner. No, I'm not. We're not going on a date.
1: It's just gonna be a hookup. It's yeah. It's gonna be not even as well. That's that's a smash. S- smash. It's just
0: a smash. This is like a a light smash. Uh, yeah. January 13th to 15th. River Dance. Yeah. Smash? Did you do your twenty three in Maine? You've got some Irish in you? No, no. Not uh, a single bit of Irish?
1: You know, I don't want to say smash. I don't I think it'll be fun. I'm gonna go. It'll be I mean it'll be I just... cute. It's hard to get excited about, I guess it is. I'm not really into dance shows, yeah, but you I, know maybe we'll go and it'll be the best fucking thing ever. I'm go. gonna go into it with it's some Pints of Guinness,
0: yeah, come on now, God damn it, it's like it'll be the rowdy it'll be the proper Broward Center'll just go like loaded on Pints of Guinness. imagine like the Irish food they have Haggis Haggis, what are they gonna
1: have for Hamilton? What's the food? They always do like thematic
0: food, oh at yeah, the like... Broward Center buffet. Like, I think Mean Girls was, like, uh, what's it called? The buffet in the Intermezzo Lounge was, like, a sca- cafeteria food. Yeah. They had, like, Spanish food for another show. Mm-hmm. Um, They've got to have some haggis. Corned beef. Uh, January 17th to 19th, so, like, days after that, Tina Turner the musical. Smash. Smash. It's going to be a Tina. fun time, regardless. Yeah. Oh, God, I'm not... <laughs> I,
1: I love not Tina. That Tina. I am a Tina queen. Let me tell you something. Are you a Tina Turner? I'm going to go to Twist and... Rolling, rolling on the river. Tina Queens, all all the Tina Queens. Oh Oh, well, it's Broward. They're gonna go to.
0: uh, They left a good job Uh, down in the the center. (laughs) They're turning Tina over at the manor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna do because it's Broward Center. We're going to
1: we're going to the manor after we do Tina. Yeah, we're doing Tina (laughs) and going to the
0: manor. Okay. Um, Typical Tuesday night. I had to say it was like two, Tina Tuesdays. Life. Stop! You're gonna give manner ideas. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're not open. The gang club wake. in South
1: Florida that starts Tina Tuesdays wins. Okay, that's what, all I'm saying.
0: <laughs> well, what, legally, I don't know if anyone can encourage that, but <laughs> but it's a it'll club. be Tina Turner themed. What do you mean? <laughs> it's like <laughs> celebrate <laughs> the life and legacy
1: of Tina Turner. Who's currently living her best life in Switzerland. Switzerland. Oh yeah,
0: fellow Swiss queen. That's the thing about the story She's of Tina. She's Swiss like me. <laughs> oh, so you have the twenty-three in me. We're related. Oh, yeah. true. Her name is my Mary. Marriage, but you know. Tina Turnerstein.
1: <laughs> Turnerstein.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, February fourteenth to nineteenth. Wow, that's only a week. Oh my god. Uh Chicago. Six. 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 Uh, uh. Yeah, I mean, you know, Chicago smash. I guess right? it's a smash. Yeah, I've seen it. I just saw it on Broadway. The I first feel time. like
1: all of my drag queen friends, like on any given week, I could see every song from Chicago. That's true. All of my drag queen friends constantly <laughs> a one are woman doing show. All songs. <laughs> yeah,
0: just one woman shows of Chicago. I gotta say, I saw this one on Broadway recently, and I saw Jennifer Holliday in it as Mama Morton. Oh, that's funny. Uh, and she forgot the words. No, it's like. Uh what's it called it's the, the line when Don't you, you know the Wrist hand? washes was that one, two She like she didn't remember it and then the 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 ensemble behind her had to like yell it at her. Yikes. It's, have you ever seen Chicago Live? I, with Wendy Williams. Oh <laughs> I told you this. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh my god, I forgot about mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. How you doing? How you do Don't you know the We need her...
1: to get her on the podcast so Wendy. We Just a whole interview about her time in Chicago. That's all we talk about. We're don't talk about, about anything else. Her fucking <laughs> mess
0: of a time in Chicago. Her <laughs> Nothing really too eventful. If Jennifer Holiday there. if Jennifer the OG Dream Girl Holiday could forget the words, I think don't know if she if Wendy Williams did much better. She didn't,
1: she didn't. forget any words though. I'll tell you that.
0: But the performance yeah. of it, she can't, can she sing? No, I mean, I think that's, I, that's a song you can, singer.
1: That's a song you can get away with with not really singing though. It's
0: like talk singing. Yeah,
1: she and she has a good voice for that because she's loud. So except for like the last note, Mama's
0: good to you. Yeah, like, that's the only note that requires any like vocal talent. And that's how she talks. Oh, she just yells it. Yeah. March twenty eighth to April ninth, we have the only play of the season with the Aaron Sorkin version of To Kill a Mockingbird.
1: Oh yeah, we shall see that.
0: I'll I'll smash it tentatively just because it's a play, and I think that plays deserve a bit more. Yeah, because I think this I love is... a good
1: play. To Kill a Mockingbird is just like, uh, like I'm gonna see it. I I love live performance, but it's like of all the plays you could do, like. And Aaron Sorkin too. But you know, like if you're gonna be somewhere like the Broward Center, like you gotta do a play like that where the source familiar is kind, and you want people to come out, you know, you gotta do a play with kind of like familiar source material to get people out. You know, more experimental plays are better for smaller venues. This part
0: of the episode. Um, Where were we? Oh yeah. May second to the seventh. Mean Girls
1: iconic smash
0: i'm there i will light smash I'm this going, is a date i haven't, I haven't seen it you've yeah. never seen the up oh.
1: the musical
0: it is essentially the show with this movie with worse music <laughs> it's okay it's written by tina fey and her husband rich jeff oh, richmond so they're still a part of it yeah it's and it's the thing where it's like they kind of retrofit it like it's about phones now and it's like a whole uh, oh okay it's like they kind of try and update it a little for like the new audiences, but I'm just like, did this need to exist?
1: It's so funny because that movie, it came out like what, like two thousand five. Yeah. If they had just waited three, four years to come out with that movie, it would have been completely inundated with cell phones and maybe even social media. You know, in a way, like it, it, it really hark that that movie, Mean Girls, like harkens back. It's a cat, It's a
0: snapshot in time. Yeah. It is. It was like right on the cusp. And it's like it's the thing with movie calls is just like, you know, do you have anything new to say about this? And I guess they try and like justify it by like the phone thing, um, and cyberbullying. Um, the songs are like the my only major gripe though. Some of them are very good, but some of the lyricism is just like not that great. Yeah. Um, it's honestly, and also this is the last show I ever saw at the Broad Center because it came to the Broad Center in February twenty twenty wow like i remember for the longest time i would drive by the Baird center uh during lockdown and i would just see the theater still have like faded mean girls stickers over the all, all over the marquee and i'm like oh god it's like it's like whenever like you like you're in a, like a post apocalyptic like video game or like yeah. a movie and they like show you like you know what were the values of the old world yeah it's like yeah. mean girls the musical <laughs>
1: <laughs> Our values, yeah. Our old world values.
0: It's like the things that you would unlock in like a post apocalypse video game. That's funny. Shout out to the fucking Broward Center. Everyone there is
1: so nice. All oh, is so and nice. All the volunteers, so nice.
0: Last night when I was walking into a little shop, there's a lady at the security, she was like, You come to every show. I'm like, you're Aww. right, I do. I do. <laughs> she's like, but then on the way about she's like, You must have a lot of money. <laughs> I'm like, I don't. But only if you knew. I'm just a writer. Yeah. I'm a homely little writer that writes my little pieces about trite things, like yeah. musical theater. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And know. last show for the season, June 13th to 25th, Beetlejuice the musical. <sighs> Come yeah. on now.
1: You yeah, know, I'm surprised they're not doing it Halloween time.
0: Me like, too, it's but it's summer. Tour.
1: Yeah, it's on tour. It's not like... They
0: didn't have a choice when it's on tour.
1: Yeah. It's on tour. And it's definitely something better for like September,
0: October. It is, but I feel like spook- people who like are internally like, spooky was, yeah. will just see it re- year round. Yeah. And it's like it's summer, which is a good tourist season. Yeah. So it's like even people who are here that just like will catch a show. I think this is a safe show for them to see too. Yeah, I told my uncle to go see it, and he's like, "I loved it." And, and my uncle is also not a musical person. Okay. And it's like, have you seen it before? Oh, my, it was what? It's so good? right before Mean Girls, the other last show I saw, the last show I saw on Broadway before the shutdown was Beetlejuice on Broadway.
1: Interesting.
0: It's honestly, and I say this with like full with my chest, uh, Beetlejuice is the show that got me back into musical theater, because I saw wow. the the Tony Awards in twenty twenty. It reminded you so much of your drag. A little bit, (laughs) but it's just like, what's it called? It was more the, I mean, yeah, I had done the numbers from the show. Uh, I sat on TikTok all the time. Yeah. And the fact that it's just like, uh, the Tony Awards performance is like the one that got me because it's like, Alex Brightman doing that voice is just like insane. Although he will not be on the tour. Uh, It's interesting. They got another perform. So Alex Brightman's very first like big role on Broadway uh, was as Dewey Finn in School of Rock. Okay. And so the guy that got to play Beetlejuice on this part of the tour is literally a guy who played Dewey Finn in School of Rock right after him. Okay. And it's just like, is this typecasting by now? Is it the <laughs> Dewey Finn to Beetlejuice pipeline? <laughs> what if, hear me out, what if, like, Beetlejuice is Dewey Finn from School of Rock when he dies? Are we going to get Jack Black Beetlejuice? He looks a little less like Jack Black. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, with that being said, Beetlejuice.
0: We will let you know,
1: you know. I'm a soft I'm smash. Peaked my curiosity, for sure.
0: Like you're taking it out on a date, maybe.
1: Yeah, we'll see how it goes. We'll go.
0: Well, tentative smash. Tentative smash. Okay, and that is the podcast for today. Thank you so much for listening. That's I've been JD thing. with my co-host Sam. Thank you, and we'll see you at the theater. <laughs>